and you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Hey everyone, welcome to the Collabcast for Thursday, July 14th, 2016. I'm Marvin. And I'm Minji. And we are your hosts for the Collabcast. Still not used to introducing myself. It's okay, you're getting there. Thank you. It's much less of a pause. And I just wanted to um, make a quick announcement because I had just, I've just reached level five on Pokemon Go. Oh God. And so I have decided to take <laughs> my talents over to Team Red. Go Team Valor. None of that means anything to me. And they're making... <laughs> Our guests are like reacting. Soon. (laughs) Oh, is that what? Okay. See. Anyways, we'll we'll continue. (laughs) See, the uh, dots are connecting as people. Exploding right now. No, it's not. I'm just like lost in a fog more than anything. (laughs) Joining us this week are two very special guests. Um, Let's just let's just introduce them. They are Chris Lamb and Michelle Carre. Hey. Woo, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are. Thank Just you guys for the record. I downloaded Pokemon Go, but and I made my avatar and I tried catching a squirtle, but I kept missing when I threw the <laughs> It's hard. What happens? It happens. I spent not not kidding in, at Midway Airport um, just yesterday, I spent a good twenty minutes trying to catch a hypno because <laughs> it was really high level and you, so you had to you have to, you know, spin the Pokeball and Way too long. Uh huh. See, way my issue long. is that it doesn't give you any instruction, and like my sound wasn't working, so I wasn't having fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all just kind of a downer experience. It was like quiet. I was sitting in my kitchen trying to capture a freaking squirtle. Well, I actually downloaded that app during the conference during a b- very boring keynote, and then love how I was focused you are at this conference, realizing what I had to do in order to play this game. Like, nope. So I deleted it. But later that night in my hotel room, it's like, well, let's see what's around here. Oh my god. I was I was just reading a bunch of articles, you know, about how like um, the pe- the way that people ex- are exploiting the app, uh-huh. <laughs> the way that someone discovered a dead body while they were looking for. Pokemon. Oh my god! I yeah. heard that yesterday. It's so and, gross. And also, Ooh. apparently, on iOS, they have full access to your Google account, which is mm. scary. I mean, most accounts kind of do. Most yeah, apps, that's I mean. true. Yeah, I don't think I, I realize. I'm like I'm citing my all my stuff over. All right, we're, we're bearing a lead here, so we're, we're going to talk about this more later. Yes, I, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, our guests are video producers at the BuzzFeed. You might have heard of them, and as well YouTubers. as YouTubers. Um, you can check out their channels by searching their names. I guess. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is basically what I, I did. Good, because <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> Hoping it was true. I mean, my, like my YouTube name is not like my name, but like you can pretty much find my voice. We'll name. put a link down in the, in the show notes. Yeah, so you can yeah, find, find their stuff. Welcome to the show. Thank you for indulging me in my Pokemon talk. Thank oh, you. Finally, something further. that Minji can't. Well, she's gonna find a way to talk about it. But oh, I have thoughts about it. I just can't contribute in the same <laughs> way you can. They were excited, so I think it'll be a great topic. Yeah. yeah. But thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. I'm so excited. Any podcast that encourages like you know asian american things and artistry and Sign all that up. wonderfulness we're all totally. about the yeah. things <laughs> we make things here 
They're good things. Things, things and stuff. It's pretty yeah. good. Just stuff. <laughs> um, but I did want to start the podcast. Just, you know, there was this thing when I was traveling to Chicago, and then it just seemed like every single day something worse and worse and worse happens. Yes. Yes. And just right off the bat, because we're, we're going to go a little bit deeper later on in the roundtable, but just um, wanted to reach out to everyone listening. And the world might seem really fucked up right now, but, you know, there's good people all around. And don't be afraid to reach out to talk about your feelings. And we're there for you. So things might seem bad right now, but there's, al- there's also good in the world. And sometimes you got to focus on that. Amen. Absolutely. Definitely. That's a very, very encouraging, very encouraging statement to make, Marv. Good for you. Usually I'm the mother hen, so I appreciate Marvin being like the big bear hugger. Taking right your now. job, it's yeah, so yeah. I had no idea that you'd. Thunder. I had no idea you'd be the mother hen from all of the snacks that you've given us. <laughs> yeah, for everyone listening, we're indulging in very nice watermelon from Trader Joe's and these great chips. I'm just saying this right now. If you Snack. do chew on microphone, I'm deleting your sound file. <laughs> I'm refraining right now. It is so hard. I'm like staring at both the watermelon and the chips. But like, let's get doing it. started. Every week we start off the podcast with a pop culture roundtable where we go around and talk a little bit about what's on our minds in the world of Asian America and pop culture. So this week, let's start. Well, since we're already on this road, let's just get through it so we can talk about more positive things. Positive things. But Chris, what's your, what's your topic this week? Um, okay, so my topic is Black Lives Matter, and a lot of people might be thinking, oh, well, I'm Asian. I don't know what, why um, Black Lives Matter has anything to do with me. Is that the voice you hear in your yeah. head? Yeah, kind of. When you read those comments. <laughs> it was all one person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just how I imitate straight men, like, in general. So. <laughs> so, um, I'm getting a sneak peek into the dialogue. I love it. And the character voice. Um, so... It's been really, really hard just watching, like, a lot of my friends, like, suffer and and feel so helpless and fearful and powerless in front of me. Um, And I, I, you know, I've already seen this, like, so recently with the Orlando shootings. And, like, I knew that I needed to just keep encouraging people to take action Mm -hmm. because... I've said this multiple times on, on my social media that hashtags are wonderful. Saying, saying that, you know, we stand with black people is beautiful, but you need to take, let your action speak for your allyship. Um, I've, I've, I've learned from um, a lot of like very woke people that um, allyship is an action. It's not an identity. You can't just say that you're an ally and think that you've done your part. You can't post and you think that you've done your part. And um, I, th- I just think that's important for all of us, especially for East Asian people, to remember that we all have a stake in this. We all have a stake in the, in the safety of people of color and, and that none of us would be here if it wasn't for all of the work that, like, black people that have come before us. They've, like, right. like the, the value of people of color here that are not black, they're weighed against black people still. And it's so important to educate yourself and understand and to just, I guess, not not like not just contact your representatives and demand for change um because that's the way that you take power into your hands but it's also important to just check in with people mm-hmm. like like don't 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 try to like don't talk about this just at a macro level t- level talk about it at a micro level right. right like like reach out to people especially 
your black friends and and say that like hey like I know this doesn't mean anything and I know that I may never understand what it's like to be you but I I'm thinking about you and I love you and I want to help you get I want to help yeah it's been uh, like I feel like there's so many layers to what happened last week compounded by the like just the timeline itself has been it's just seemingly like too much to handle it is too much to handle i i feel it and i just like how could you for any one of those single incidences that happened in less than a month to be digested and processed emotionally psychologically whatever is already enough like of a tragedy and enough of like a trauma but then you're like okay the next day there's another thing and and it's and it's live video and it's and that's actually what a lot of my friends have been sharing. And I, I, I appreciate that. I think there's some people who can get really, really negative, And I understand I'm not condemning them, but they're getting really sick of hearing about it. But then also like, well, what's the reverse of that? What's the converse of that? Like people shutting up and like swallowing their feelings, just walking through life like nothing happened. Like that's also super dangerous, too. Um, well, I mean, that's so the thing that's hard. I mean, one of the biggest narratives that have been coming out from this whole sequence is the only reason it's becoming so frequent is because technology has finally caught up to a point where you can live stream yeah. on any phone now on Facebook, which everyone has. Yeah. Right. Like, and other it apps. And <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing is like this type of thing. It may seem frequent to us it's now, but it's been happening for years Forever. and years and years. We're only seeing it live now and seeing the individual repercussions but like I think what was it? It's like the hundred fiftieth police shooting this year alone. Right? Yeah, since July. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even done yet. I know it's absurd because like I remember growing up watching like Law and Order and Criminal Minds with my parents, and I just looked at it and thought like that's not real. You know, there's no reason. There's no way that you know Quantico deals with these types of crazy things enough to be every week on a show, and it seems like. No, there's like more than enough to make a show about it. And I didn't even realize. Yeah. And that's kind of like the bubble that we can live in just based on what we perceive as reality. And once it really is your reality, then it's kind of then you can't unsee those things and you can't unknow those things. And for me, I feel like the fact that I've been seeing so much of it, especially in the last 10 years versus like knowing that there was I I was never like oblivious, like, oh, this isn't happening. But like, I didn't see it for myself. Yeah, I didn't see it for myself either. It's just statistics, right? And it's just newspaper articles. And it's not something that you experience. You're not experiencing. I think that's the difference where it's really impacting in frequency and in just like up in your face, like living it real time. You're seeing it from the victim's girlfriend, like sitting right next to him and things like that, that have been super, super um, traumatic. But my positive spin on that, this is what we talked at. uh, We own the eighth. We are having uh, our town hall, whatever. There's an artist collective called we own the eighth in downtown Los Angeles. And it just turned into a giant therapy session and people are like crying and everyone needed to let out. But thank heaven that we could, because I was like, we're blessed. And like, thank goodness that we can sit together and talk about this stuff and people are getting angry people are getting like defensive people are like turning it into a really big political thing of like candidates and like it was coming at it from every angle but I was, it was a relief at least it was therapeutic for me to talk about it totally whereas I feel like everybody else is like just turning to the internet like yeah. they just control or like make an argument on Facebook and that's that's the only outlet that they might have 
Which is scary. Yeah. And like Chris says, sometimes you need something more micro, something more person to person to like really just talk and empathize, right? Because the internet is notorious for being a place of empathy, right? I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> He's like, well. <laughs> yeah, for a sec. Yeah, I, I literally did a double tag. And I was like, um, I. <laughs> <laughs> Good acting. Good acting. <laughs> Should we read the comments right now? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can pull up my Twitter and I can like show you all of the comments that I've gotten. I don't even have any followers. I'm like, like these people just come out of the works and they're like, um, well, actually, <laughs> white people get killed more by the police than black people. What voice and, is that? Um, <laughs> That's internet troll voice. Yeah. Internet troll. <laughs> what does it sound like? Such a... <laughs> I'm trying to like dehumanize. I'm just. I know. <laughs> I feel like it'd be more nasal. Like, actually, um, yeah. This <laughs> is um, how you should feel about woman. this. Well, I actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's how I read Yelp reviews. Yeah. Uh, this the rice was a little um not <laughs> undercooked. <Yeah. laughs> I'm in a Yelp elite. Anyway. They sat us next to the restroom and that's This not is okay. how we get to process our feelings this time. Yeah, by making jokes, yeah, that's making great. Jokes. Yeah. Um yeah, like I, I I was gonna say that like it's been really hard for me to disengage because like it, like I think for a lot of people that are not black that are political, self care is really hard in especially during this time, just because it's like you feel like the sense of survivor's guilt, I think. You know, you, you mm-hmm. feel like, oh, you know, like, I'm, I don't know what's happening, mm-hmm. like, how it actually feels. And so, like, my, my comfort is not worth, like, taking yeah. sometimes. I mean, one last um, kind of positive yeah. thing. One more positive thing to put this before we, we kind of need to move on. But, yes. again, world sucks, shit sucks, but there's still positive. You're still alive. You can still do things. There's still ways we can all make each other better. Not only that, sorry, I'm saying like beyond like, I think it always benefits us to always be grateful for all the things that we have to breathe and to eat and to have roof overhead and to be surrounded by people that we care about to be alive. But also the positive spin, I think, on all of this, Mm -hmm. this madness that's happening is that I feel like everyone's going to be in the mindset of it's nothing's going to change. And I disagree because I feel like we've reached a critical mass, like tipping point. Yes, I think so. Where it's enough is enough. Yes. And people like you and people like us that are talking about it openly to audiences and creating content or just like asking the questions or sharing different perspectives, that is what is going to create change. It might feel super micro and it's going to take, it's still going to take a shit ton of time. But but it just takes one person, and like my positive spin that we forgot taken over by her positive spin was kind of hater, related to that positive hater. spin, which you is cut me off. um that um that open letter that's been going around Google Docs about writing right. a letter of why this matters and translating it for our parents is like that's kind of that's the next step of this conversation that's been happening. Yeah, and more people are taking action. Now that took one person to say, "Hey, let's do this," and mm-hmm. everyone like gathering around that, right? And so here is my macro view of the whole thing is there's one of two Americas you can think we're hurtling towards, right? A very segregated, very like we take care of our own America or one where like everyone's together, everyone's diverse. We're a diverse country. And in the future, like everyone's going to be intermingled anyways. Mm-hmm. Why not let's start giving you know, our children who will live in that America, the America that they deserve. deserve, right? Yes. And I think that's, you know, Depending on your view, is it us against them or is it just us? Yeah, it's right? us. Like, like I think a good way of looking at it is like, like we all love this country so much, and it's because we love this country that we want to make it better. 
And um, um, I, I also want to say that, like, I totally agree with this whole self-care thing. I, um, like, I, I just think I just want to make sure that, like, people know that there is a way to take care of yourself without, like, just, like, trying to forget about everything that yeah. happens. Because right. I think that's sometimes how people try to make themselves feel better is just by, like, blocking it out. Right. Right. That's a survival mechanism, right? Like Totally. Everything's okay. And, and it's okay to not be okay and then to take time to take care of yourself, but then to get back into... And that's what I'm very encouraged by the people that I'm surrounded by sharing that letter, um, just talking openly about and showing open support. And I, I'm very big on, like, not just counting... A hashtag and like I love that you took the action to call and I because of you I was actually I shared this at the we on the eighth thing on Friday I was like I need to take my words that I've been educated for a very long time throughout my entire life to like learn how to articulate and use that towards something you know affirmative and changing because I've used it to get myself out of other things for my own benefit like why not use it yeah. in some other positive aspect like very changing aspect I've been lazy about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've been lazy about it too. Yeah. We've all been. I don't know who to call. You'll tell me, Chris. <laughs> Ghostbusters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Coming out this week. I'm kind of excited. I'm going to take this girl I'm dating to watch it. I'll be awesome. Nice. Anyways. Oh, he acknowledged her on our podcast. What? <laughs> Minji, what's on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's on my mind now. No. <laughs> um, well, it's funny. I Okay. It's like the conversation I've been having about Black Lives Matter. After going in depth about all of that. Part of the self-care talk, someone brought up Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. I need to take For a real. break and just go Pokemon. And Who I knew have... the, the solution to childhood <laughs> obesity <laughs> is Nintendo's Pokemon series? Oh, my God. Hold up. So my friend's son, my friend Caroline, her son, who's like 12, he said Pokemon did in few, uh, one week what Michelle Obama couldn't do. Oh, Michelle Obama could not do in eight years. That was a meme. That to, was a meme. I don't know if the she, kid can take okay, credit for that. But like but he saw it. And so, but that's how I found out about it because I thought Aiden said it. So props to you. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were original, but I guess you're not. Um, but still, it was I started laughing. That's so, so funny. Hard. It's true. I was at Little Tokyo this afternoon. Everyone's walking doing, Yeah, doing no site visit for it. We have a show this Saturday. So I was talking with the, the theater there. And I did see big groups of kids walking around looking for the Pokestops. Oh, it's summer and like, vacation. Not to like cast dispersions, but like so, like they did look like they haven't exercised in a while, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, same. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm saying that as like, who knew? Like, huh? you're, like, who knew video games would be the answer to an active lifestyle? Well, it sounds like, every, so I don't know. I've never, you said you were doing that in your kitchen? Okay, so I downloaded it last night because I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and I made my avatar, which was actually really fun because... There's not enough... You can um, make her look like you. Yeah. Really? I feel like there's not enough options. Like, sorry. Like, sorry. I just meant skin tone, not by body right. type. There's I'm like sorry. one face. Yeah. There's not, yeah. there are not, aren't, there aren't, I wish it were a little more diverse in the avatars you could choose. I wish they had more backpacks. Stuff it up, Pokemon. Yeah. I wish it were a little more diverse, but it was still fun nonetheless. And immediately after I finished... Making my avatar, a squirtle appeared in my kitchen, and I kept trying to catch it. And every time I threw the little pokeball, it wouldn't catch it. And so then I was like, "I, I can't know. even catch a Pokemon that's standing right in front of me. How am I gonna battle Pokemon? I'm not cut out for this." And then I got kind of stressed out. And then all the question fun dissipated. Your, question your yeah. worth as a Pokemon trainer. But I finally caught the squirtle. But then yeah. I have hit another roadblock because 
Then it, you know, after you catch your first Pokemon, it asks you for your for what username you want to use. And everyone I wanted to use was taken because I'm too late to Pokemon <laughs> all the Go. billions of people who've yes, already joined. Billions of people. All the Michelle Carres. <laughs> yeah, Michelle yes. Carre, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. two, six, And so five, then one. I got sad and I, I turned the app off. Uh, I'm so that was, still was that your working on a username. Okay, so you're still persisting. See, well, I would have given I up at that point. I want to try it. I feel like... If everyone, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like I'm peer pressured into it. Like okay, you gotta be hip with the kids. That's kind of how I feel like, too. Know what's like, going on? Like I just said, I just reached level five outside while I was getting dinner. So now I'm excited. Is to that go why visit you took so gym. long? So why we were delayed in starting? Or, our I was on my way back. I mean, I was I was waiting for Chris to come. <laughs> yeah. come open the door for him. But a wild ponytail appeared, and I was like, I gotta get this one. <laughs> Hold on, Those Chris. Are cool yeah. ponytail. You can wait outside. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I don't know. See, I can't speak on it. I'm just speaking as like a, literally probably the only outside observer who has not yet downloaded well, to the To be app. fair, I like spent hours as a high school, like way too old high school kid playing the original Game Boy <laughs> version. Oh, who didn't? It was I so never, good. I never got into Pokemon. Ever. I loved the animated series. Oh my God, mm. the animated now series. That was everything. something. Can you do the Poke rap? Oh, the one that appears at the end of every episode? <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> Come on, Chris, go. And now, no, we, I, I, and now I, we own. That's all the lyrics. And now we own Nintendo ten million dollars since you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is that I read online that Pokemon has gained nine billion dollars in worth in the past four days. Billion. Yeah. Once they see how many people, I mean, the servers crashed. It continues but, to yeah. crash, right? That's like the main complaint that's right now. Bad. That's all I'm seeing. I was says. there when it crashed. I mean, I wasn't on it, but I was looking, watching. Oh, I, like, I, I was, was watching too. kids, you know, in the, in their natural environment, playing that's Pokemon, so and they were like wailing, like, "No, it crashed!" <laughs> they fall to their knees. Yeah, yeah they were. Why? They were very sad that they couldn't play Pokemon for like ten minutes. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. See, everyone's talking about these hordes of kids in the street yeah. with their phones up, and I haven't seen any of that. You know what? Which is a clear go to sign downtown that I have Little no, Tokyo. No yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Probably like Korea. Or any park. Yeah. Or any mall. Wonder what Irvine's like. It's just all kids because it's suburb. It's straight suburbia, yeah, it's and a bunch everyone's of on um, on summer break. That's gotta be like there are a bunch of fake news stories about people playing Pokemon in the car and getting car accidents, and like fake? they're fake? they're fake for now. Okay. I, at least okay. I think I think they're a fake. Okay. They looked fake. Please let them be fake. Please. Okay, I hope we're gonna so. make this a PSA. Please be safe while. Don't like, drive a Pokemon, guys. Don't it's just look. Not a still good gotta look. look across this both ways, man. I'm scared that because yeah. you know people do that when they're just texting. Yeah. Like, you know, y'all. This has gotten to a point. Like maybe they're fake, but this has gotten to a point where the Pokemon Go Facebook has literally said, "Hey." Guys, just in case you didn't know, do not do this while you drive. I'm like, the fact that you even have to say that is an issue. Here's a pro tip. Turn off the AR so you don't have to spin around to go catch the Pokemon, and it'll just be right in front of you. Make it a lot easier to catch. Plus, you don't have to turn around and like be unaware of your surroundings, disoriented. Right, right. right. Pro I don't tips. know what any of these things mean. But I think it's really, really cool that it's something that everyone's so like happily partaking. I mean, it's kind of <clears throat> a little scary yeah. because it's it's like the it's like a self imposed zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's taken over. I'm kind the of world. excited. Nine billion dollars in four I mean, days. So as like as an full fledged adult, I don't get to take part in like these zeitgeisty things. You she know, rolls her eyes at you. <laughs> Like, Are we now? <laughs> Game of Thrones, I don't have HBO, so I wasn't part of that. Like, I watched the recaps, whatever. Um, like, Overwatch, that big game that came out, like, a couple months Overwatch. ago. My computer can't run that shit, <laughs> so I cannot play. 
and plus I have work and responsibilities and stuff too. So, you know, this is kind of cool to be part of like what's hot, what the kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. Have, have there been other trends? I mean, I feel like I'm just not on any I don't any think of so. Them. I mean, like, those are the not main this. things. This is like... Yeah. This is unlike anything. Totally. Are you guys going to make YouTube like, videos about this now? I feel like that's totally It's probably like... Oh my God, we should. Ten of your pipeline videos are about Pokemon Go at this point, branded by Nintendo. We should do that. That would be nice. Yeah, maybe. Or just your life, your observation. I don't think... I don't think Pokemon needs. They don't need. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they cool. Like it's really scary how well. I mean, like it's, it's scary, but also not surprising. But also, I'm like, you know what? Good, good for Pokemon Go because like, like all of the stories that we've been hearing about like exercising and like like I read this great article about how like it's helping with mental health. Mm. Like it's it's good that everybody's playing it then. People going out, Absolutely. being social. As long as you don't run into a dead body. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, I'd rather oh, run into dead body than run into a car. So yeah, yeah. You know what? That's, a, that's a valid. E- that's a valid. Either thing. one. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, let's move on because so I think Minji's about to ex- like her head's about to explode from the last Pokemon talk. No, it's not. I'm genuinely curious about it, and everyone like now everyone has directed their attention at me that I haven't had it. Like our entire staff meeting yesterday was like. <sighs> You have to download it right now. And I was like, you guys, you're scaring me. I don't want it. <laughs> like- All right. One last thing before we break. Um, I was in Chicago this last week at Podcast Movement, which is a big podcast conference. And uh, we can roll this into our discussion next segment um, because it does a lot of what I have to say does have to do with um, minority representation in media, especially in this case, audio media. But it was really interesting just to be around podcasters and seeing the, the, the podcasting world. And doubly interesting because... A lot of people in, at this conference were of the business podcast world. And of the business podcast world, I mean like s- career coaches and self-help people and things like that, where it's you know career coaches and um, consultants who are trying to market their abilities. And so podcasting is a way for them to create content marketing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was just really interesting also, you know, being there, being a minority content creator, mm. looking around, like first thing I noticed was like, where are the other minorities mm. at you know and it's and, crazy too because like for podcasts you don't need to see the person right but voices too so um there was a really great um keynote by tracy heppen from buzzfeed who they do the another round podcast which is kind of like this podcast if they get drunk having a freak attack i live for the another round podcast and this <laughs> is not even because i work at buzzfeed this Another round was my first podcast, and it was it's so dope. I love it so much. I love your hand it's motions great. right now. And then just my life. They no, when they were doing their keynote, they made no like they held back no punches in saying how white this room is, right? And also saying that like they have people talking to them like your content isn't for people like me. I mean, me in this this case is white people, but I still like it. Is that okay? And then so that kind of led them to their their the overall message was being like make your content. Like, don't try to make your content for a certain people that you think you should make it for. If you do it your own thing, people will listen. Yes. Right? And I thought that was really cool. Um, I think that's very relevant because even like what we've discovered from Collabcast and our different guests, like how diverse the Asian American community is, oh how our, our perceptions, our own self-perceptions, how other people have looked at us, our experiences based on where we lived or where we went to school – all of that, the media that we consumed, everyone is so different, even amongst us, that that really educated us coming into, like Marvin and I are really, really different in terms of our experiences, what we like, our taste and everything. So I appreciate that because 
there are just literally exponentially so many different stories and perspectives to any given thing that it's so mind-boggling to think that you're only catering towards one type of person is like the most <laughs> suffocating feeling I can have. As or the idea a, that you have to speak to this certain type of person in right. order to be successful. In order for you to have right. relevancy. Or something. I just think yeah. it's garbage. I, I, I totally feel that. I, I really think that me and Michelle, that's how we always try to go about our work is by making it for us and not making and just like knowing that people will resonate yeah. because it's so personal to yeah. us right because you know there is a certain point of view and people who listen to this podcast and other podcasts by asian americans will be like this is something that i can relate to and um that i want to listen to and so um before we go as i was saying there was a lot of business podcasts there but there was but i did want to um bring up two business type podcasts that come from the asian american perspective mm-hmm. one is the asian american voice by bj kang who is uh, who interviews Asian-American entrepreneurs and people who follow their passions. Dope. And the other is um, The Tale of Self-Confidence, in which uh, Minji was part of, which is a daily podcast by Sheena Chan, um, who interviews Asian women about self-confidence and things like that. So. Shout out to Sheena. That. You yeah. should listen to it. She, I, I'll connect you guys. She would really love to feature <laughs> you. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I did not know about either of these podcasts. I need to listen to these. Yeah. They're really good. Um, so, Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll get come back to talk about representation and minority voices. But uh, you're listening to Collabcast. Uh, here's a message from Collaboration. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents within our communities. You can learn more about Collaboration as well as take a look at all the great content we create on our website, www.collaboration.org. Uh, check it out and let us know what you think. And we just have a couple upcoming event updates for you this week as July rolls on. Um, coming up this Saturday, July 16th, 2016, uh, we have two showcases taking place on the West and East Coast. First up, it's Collaboration LA 2016 taking place at the East West Players Day with Henry Wayne Theaters in Little Tokyo, downtown LA. This is going to be a great showcase featuring guest performances by Collab alum Paul Date, Peter Chung, and Clara C, as well as round two of our popular lip sync battle and a very special improv performance by UCB Super Team Ultron. Learn more about the show and how to get tickets at collabla.org. That's K-O-L-L-A-B-L-A.org. And you should probably check it out now because tickets are going fast and seats are limited. Also taking place this Saturday, July 16th in Washington, D.C. It's the second of Club DC's live spotlight series taking place at the Board and Brew in College Park, Maryland. This is the second of their live open mic auditions to select their candidate for this year's collaboration star. So if you want to check out the best and up-and-coming Asian American talents in the DMV area, that's DC, Maryland, Virginia, come out and check it out. You can find more information on the Collaboration DC Facebook page, including how to get on the stage if you're an aspiring singer-songwriter, rapper, poet, um, or performer. Finally, no new details on where Collaboration Houston is happening this year, but it will be happening on Saturday, July 30th, 2016. Their finalists are already selected, so keep an eye out on their Facebook page, Club Houston, if you're in the Houston area, for more information on how to attend. And that's it for the upcoming events this month. Remember to keep tabs on your local Collaboration team's Facebook page for more information on upcoming local events, and also to follow our global channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website for updates on our national program, including this year's Collaboration Star Finale Show, as well as Empower Creative Leadership Conference taking place in November in Los Angeles. 
Now let's see what we have going up on the site. Um, this week we have a very special green room video uh, featuring Tim Atlas, a Collab SF alum, as well as a contestant on last year's The Voice. Um, he was on both Team Pharrell and Team Gwen. Um, and he comes in to play a few original songs for us. Check that out on collaboration.org or our YouTube channel. And remember to subscribe to keep updated on when new videos go up. Also on the site is this podcast, the Collabcast, as well as all our previous episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Um, you can do so on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts via our RSS feed. And that'll about do it for the collaboration updates. I um, hope you all are enjoying your summers and enjoying our conversation this week. Um, I'm going to get back to uh, catching some new Pokemon. And for all of you, please enjoy the rest of the show. And welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Collabcast. I'm Marvin Yoy. Joining me is my co-host, Minji Chang. What up? As well as our guests, Michelle Kare and Chris Lamb. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Hope you guys are now all nice and refreshed from our break. We had some watermelon. Uh, we had a really great <laughs> first segment. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've listened to the first segment. Otherwise, you're really good at skipping ahead. Mm. <laughs> I was just admiring my great joke. but <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. Tough crowd, tough crowd. You just gave me the biggest eye roll. Even bigger than when we started talking about Pokemon. I, wasn't, I was waiting for you to go into the next subject. <laughs> I wasn't trying to eye roll at you. All right. We're here to talk about making content for minority voices, which is something that Chris and Michelle do every single day. Woo! I guess we kind of do it too. We do. Yeah, yeah. you do. We do. Um, but yeah, you guys work at BuzzFeed, who was probably among the first big major digital outlets that started putting out videos and content focused on, you know, gender, um, ethnicity, identity, and things like that, um, like almost un unapologetically, right? Not to almost unapologetically, I think very unapologetically. And I think yeah. before the videos, like we all, like BuzzFeed was our beloved listicle source <laughs> of 17 awesome Asian people to pay attention to or... Snacks, the snack one was the one that got me started. Snacks, oh my God, that was a great one. But it was just, it was just giving us these great snapshots of things that represent us and things that we like that were never mainstream before and that suddenly people are sharing like millions, like shared all across your feed. And it made, I don't know, it was so encouraging for me to be people, for, for, for me to see my friends and for other people to appreciate like, yes, this is my childhood and yes. And, and there's so many yeah. intersections with just like the 90s and with all that. So I don't know. I've, I've always appreciated that about BuzzFeed. Fun fact, um, one of Chris's videos featured Minji Chang. Oh, we're already jumping into that. S several, actually. Um, <laughs> several. Oh no, we've let one in. Um, Someone get the raid. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's actually how like me and Minji have become really good friends is because um, Jenny actually connected uh, the two of us. Jenny and, and um, she played her mom, which was like the best thing ever. Uh, yeah. I've been making fun of it's, them for it's my been, it, was, it, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, Minji gets a lot of praise for her portrayal of Korean mom. The scarf. <laughs> it's a lot of the scarf, so it has nothing to do with my... <laughs> Buru Betty. The fake it's perm, just too. the costumes, yeah. the perm and the scarf. And really. the spot-on accent. But I, what I loved about Chris is thing, well, like the idea itself was just so genius. Like I want to, can you like fill in the backstory? Because because you and Jenny were like the original masterminds behind this whole thing. Sure. So um, 
I I really wanted to do something about like moms and childhood. Just, just so funny thing is that I was inspired by a piece that was totally unrelated to Asian content. It was something made by Justin Tan and and Zach, um, Zach Evans, and they they made like the ways ways that bros say I love you without actually saying I love you. And, 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 <laughs> I love and, it. And, and, and then I watched it and I was like, oh, you know what? This reminds me of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Because Asian moms are not good at saying I love you. Because Asian moms are pretty much bros. <laughs> In the I love you department? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and, and, and so I was like, oh, like this would be so great to, to um, this would be a great way to bring back Jenny Yang because I've only worked with her once um, for a yellow face video that I did. And, um, and like we, we kept going back and forth on like, oh, you know, like should we just do like a Chinese mom because we like, we don't want to be, make it sound like, Asian moms are all Chinese because that's a stereotype that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so we were thinking like, oh, like, like let's, let's just bring in more people. And so um, uh, Jenny was awesome and she put in some extra work to bring you in and also um, Joy R, um, who has done like amazing, amazing like race, she's race so comedy. Funny. Um, she, if, if you guys don't know her, she's the one that made those viral videos on white fetish. <laughs> Um, it's a flip on yellow fetish and, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's basically, that's basically how it happened. And like, it was, it was probably one of the most enjoyable shoots that I had. Like it it was, it wasn't like lights and sound and camera and action, but it was, it was just like fun, like riffing off of each other and just like making each other laugh and being like, Oh, you know what my mom used to say? She said this. And, and then, and then other people would be like, Oh my God, my mom would say the exact same thing. Let's do it. That was such a crowdsourced video. Cause we actually opened Like I remember when we were brainstorming, we already had our own list and then Chris or Jenny, one of you guys were like, let's just ask our friends. So all of us put it on our Facebook and it just was like, that was the most comments <laughs> per minute like that I've ever gotten. Everyone's like, my mom says that. And it was really, really, really fun to get everyone's perspective on how their moms don't say I love you, but do. And right. it was really cute. It yeah. was adorable. It was a really, really beautiful experience. Does your mom say I love you? Mine actually does. Mine's actually very. She, she does say I, lo- I, I love you. She does Mine say does I love too. You. I never knew it was a thing. Like, <laughs> is, is it a thing? It can be. Does your mom say I love you? Yeah, but she's white, so I'm uh. boring. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my different. dad's Indian. It's, it's like I, I mean, don't know. I grew up with like my dad doesn't. My mm. mom does. So mm. I feel like the dad one actually would have been more accurate for me, but it still makes sense. <laughs> yeah, my mom. If I were to make a video, it would be like the Chinese swear words my mom taught me how to say. Ooh, yeah. nice. Because she would. She, she used them on me a lot. Right. She would, use, <laughs> she would use them on you, and then she would be like, why do you have such a dirty mouth? And you're like, guess who I learned it from, Mom? <laughs> I don't know. IDK. Yeah, I know the deep cut Chinese swear words. Like, not the ones that you learn from your friend that's Chinese, but like the deep cut ones that learned, you only hear in China. Right. I learned mine from like movies or from church. Ironically, <laughs> that's what I learned all church. my Church. Yeah. So like all the kids at church are like just teaching each other cuss words. It's pretty educational. <laughs> We learned a lot of things there. <laughs> but I love it. And so like you guys have done so many different um, so many different videos on content representing diverse everything. That's what I appreciate. It. Like I loved I've seen pictures from the lingerie thing. Is that out yet? Or is it about no, to? It's, I'm I sorry. It's coming out tomorrow. If I'm not allowed well, to. By the time this podcast oh, is it out. It came out. out the other it day. Out. <laughs> There's no NDA yeah. here. Um, and Bollywood and like I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So it. I. I at BuzzFeed, I specialize in 
large scale beauty productions. And so cool. Yeah, it's been super awesome. It all started last August when it wasn't, you know, uh, about last August, I was thinking a lot about lack of diversity in Hollywood. And I wanted to do a video explaining the lack thereof. And rather than sitting down and telling somebody why they needed to have diversity, I just wanted to show someone. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I took iconic movies, Mean Girls, Titanic, (laughs) uh, Breakfast Club, a couple others, and I recreated these posters that had all white people with all people of color. I did see this one. Yeah. You did? I did. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen one of your videos. Yes. So um, that that was kind of where it started for me, both specializing in beauty videos as well as really kicking off like hard hitting um, content about race. Mm-hmm. Because for that one, especially what I wanted to do was just let the piece and the visuals speak for itself. Mm-hmm. So there's no conversation in it or anything. And it was so interesting seeing the commentary. It it performed very well. The comments were very divided. Some people were like, wow, like, as a person of color, this really speaks to me. And then the other half were, how's it imagine? Like, like, white's a color too. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to say it. Like, white's a color too, you know? <laughs> and, like, all of that stuff. So it's like, I, and after that, I was like, you know what? I need to start making stuff that is featuring people of color, but doesn't say anything about it. And, you know, I kind of learned a lot from that experience about it's important to make minority content, but the best way that I think it could be done in many ways is by normalizing it. Mm -hmm. So um, my follow-up video to that was I wanted to do people of color recreate iconic fashion ads, Mm. but I just called it people recreate iconic fashion ads. Mm -hmm. And the whole cast was all people of color except one person, I think. Which is almost a little bit more subversive in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. And so, yeah. and that was, in, you know, did just as well. And all of the comments were positive, incredibly well received. And I was like, hmm, I can be sneaky now. Yeah. So, and in, in my most recent video, almost a year later, I'm doing um, lingerie throughout history. But for this video, even though it's only U.S. Western lingerie, I wanted to make sure that the cast was as racially and body type diverse as possible. So that was really, really awesome. But I actually also learned a lot about casting diversely and what that means when you're trying to do inclusion without commentary. Totally. So if one of the the one of the blocks that we faced in that was casting lots of different women of different body types, very tall, very short, plus size, super skinny, was that when I went to a costume warehouse to pull all of the the costumes from throughout the ages, oh, there's only one size girl. for a super skinny mm-hmm. actress. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not just that, but, like, how would a person of color in this era look versus a white person. And so there was a lot to consider and I learned so much and I'm really, really happy with the final product. I hope you go check it out. Oh, we're going to check that out. Laundry throughout history on BuzzFeed. (laughs) I'm not going to love that. Um, But yeah, I, I really enjoyed creating beauty videos that are not just for a particular audience, but also our inclusion without commentary. But it's really interesting just putting in the, the context of beauty in history and how that's changed or how it's, you know, how it relates to now too, you know, it's, it's, 
I think that's the power of media putting you know, visuals to something that you, you know you might have you might have not thought about, but by watching this, you maybe you know start googling a little bit, start Wikipediaing, and start you know just well, thinking about things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Right? And those visuals are so striking because it's it's so um, well presented in this very sharp, well produced light. Like that's I think we as in twenty sixteen have for whatever better or worse we you know gain this eye for like high quality content and we're kind of spoiled now when we see something <laughs> that you know w- the way that it's presented really does matter and so i think that it's so great that you took the care and the time and had that platform in o- order to do that because something that well produced can make such a bigger impact and like you know what i'm saying like it just kind of totally. sears itself yeah. into your eyeballs in a different way yeah than if you didn't like, if you if you just kind of yeah. like haphazardly like well I think this might work and you know like that takes yeah. cool, great care and I love that you did that yeah, yeah. I, I I talk to a lot of my friends about like how hard Michelle works because like she doesn't have to like put in that much work into her videos <laughs> no way and and because because for for me like I think a lot of like the kind of production that she puts into her videos it exudes this type of like self worth that I think like a lot of people need to see that we have and and mm-hmm. and for that to like almost like infect other people that like, hey, look at us, like we deserve this much beauty and we deserve this much attention. Right. Yeah, and to celebrate something very real, right? Like I love that you chose Real Woman because yeah. it's part of yeah. what this world really needs right now. I mean, one of the first things we, ever, we tell our artists when they get, you know, so collaboration, if you guys don't know, we have, we do this series of talent showcases where we bring in up and coming Asian Americans and put them on stage. And one of the first things we always teach them is like stop apologizing for being on stage. You know, yeah. like, oh don't God. say, it, I'm it sorry, is. this it, might be bad. Just yeah. go up and do your shit. You're on the stage for a reason. I mean, know? we've been part, I've been part of Collaborate for seven years. And that's something that like, and it's not a condemnation, it's just observation. And it's something that like has really struck me in my years of like working with different live performers. But there is an air of like, I don't know if I should be taking up your oh time to watch me right now. 150%. Still that. And, and that's the part that drives me nuts because as like the person watching auditions and the person like being the casters, like the casting directors were like, our minds are blown. We're like, we see the talent and then they show up like they're sorry and we're like, stop doing that. Like, yeah. not, we're like angry because we love them and we see how like brilliant they are and maybe there's still that like inch or that centimeter, whatever measurement where they're still not fully stepping into it and being like, here I am. I'm going to blow your mind yeah. for the next yeah. five minutes. Hold on. Like, like imposter syndrome strong, especially in, in our community. Oh my God. We're, yes. Where we're not, we don't see representation, right? That's why representation is important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's like, I, I see all the time artists er, like erasing themselves in a way. Like, like I, like both me and Michelle, like we've done like theater club in, in college before. And when I, when I flyer to Asian people, they're, they're always like, Oh no, like, I'm not funny. I can't act. And I'm like, like, how do you know? Just try. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like you're implying that I like took all of these classes of how to act and make stuff. Like I'm, I'm here just because I think it's fun and it's liberating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that I like lose my mind, like (laughs) trying to make these videos is that I want most of all to like create an experience where people who ne- have never felt beautiful, have never seen themselves on on screen, can feel really beautiful when they watch this video. Mm-hmm. And I want, like, everyone who's never seen themselves on TV, you know, maybe the people you work with too, to feel entitled to that, you know? 
and feel like embracing that and just being yeah. like, yeah. yeah, it's all about hey, it's hi. all it's all about having the audacity to be somebody. And yeah. I think we're also always so often taught that we're nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people with that confidence who are just okay, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, have we all seen Jenny Yang's T-shirt of? Lord give, <laughs> Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man because it's yeah, really funny. Yeah, so good. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I, it was funny that you guys brought up that it, cause actually something you said reminded me of their video that I just watched today, which was the sit the fuck down video. Ah! Which was so <laughs> funny. And I loved it. I love your guys' energy because it's clear that you guys love each other. But it was like so supportive of just like shutting down. <laughs> These ignorant comments. So props to you guys. And was that your first video, or is the fir- first sit the fuck down video? Okay, and your first video together, which was darling. Um, but I think that that's so great that like the work that you guys do as producers and like creating this content always uh, has also opened these gateways for you guys to be your own content creators, have your own channels and all that stuff. And like we've worked with so many different YouTubers, and it's such a hustle. It's such a grind. Yeah. And, you know, people can be very dismissive of it and just like, well, they're just making videos. I was like, you have no idea what kind of production or thought or preparation and editing and all yeah. sorts of like a myriad of things go together in order to make something that's worth watching. So I'm personally not very dismissive when it comes to that. I get really irritated when everyone's like, oh, they're just a YouTuber. Granted, there are people who don't talk about anything, but I don't think that the present company is included in that conversation. <laughs> because I think that you guys choose, I think that it's great that someone is consciously deciding like, hey, I'm going to say something that is relevant to my generation, to myself, to my, you know, ethnicity, whatever. And talk about other things that are not like I love your video with Kenny. Kenny and I were on a oh shoot gosh. together and you guys said like, how do I identify if you're dating a fuck boy? <laughs> <laughs> It was like, true. Relevant. I'm still yeah. not sure what a fuckboy is. Michelle Have you Tello. ever been texted a semicolon followed by a back parenthesis as opposed to an emoji wink face? We're getting like an inside scoop of we're getting right? an inside yeah, scoop yeah. of Marvin's I mean, love life right now. Have you sent that, Marvin? I send the wink face a lot. But Wait, but do you <laughs> send it semicolon back parentheses or do you send an do emoji? You send the emoji. Uh <laughs> I feel like this is a very important distinction right now. I'm waiting for your answer. <laughs> Generational thing. Um, usually, if it's not easily accessible, I just send the send the text. Oh, okay. Well, Marvin's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we publicly boy, are we publicly outing Marvin right you now? Could be a <laughs> Man, we might be. What? That's why you gotta learn to vi- watch the video so you can like get a little perspective. So I should send the emoji. Oh yeah. And yeah, and don't start with it. Sometimes <laughs> depends on the conversation. I don't know if you want to start with emoji either. Sometimes words can work as well, but like the words that the other words like you up, and it's like, have you ever sent the text you up with the letter U? No. Okay. See, God bless been, Marvin. You're he, saved. He, he's, <laughs> saved himself, he's been saved. He's been saved. He's like, Go I need team to red. Oh my god! No. Oh my god! We're not tying this back to poker. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you guys like, uh, do you, do you have a, a quota or goal? Like, do you just keep on with your ideas and stuff? And then it's yeah. separate from like, so that's Until like, we take down the white supremacy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Burn it, it down. Burn it all down. Can I say that I appreciate that you said that instead of me? I know. That's why I looked at you. I knew one of us was going to say it. Are your parents like <laughs> thrilled about your? Do you get to share your stuff with your parents and stuff? Yeah. I mean, you guys have like really great content. I'd be like, Mom, yeah. look at 
Um, my parents were were I so I did a video actually where I had my parents react to seeing the lingerie video because I'm in it. Uh-huh. And I was really nervous, but I was like, hmm, if they're gonna react weirdly, might as well get it on camera and make a video about it. Mm-hmm. So I Skyped them and like screen captured it and everything. I'm gonna release this video soon, but basically like the response was very underwhelming. They were like, This is such a great video. We're so proud of you. And I was like, <laughs> They but I'm like half <laughs> naked. Like, can can you give me anything? Like, you we've seen are it. you ashamed in any way? Yeah. And I was like, and and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and then my mom's like, you should be body positive and like love yourself. And I'm like, I would this love for you to say this at YouTube. any time mm-hmm. except now. I was like, can we go back to one and try that again? <laughs> this will never go viral. Mom, your friends are gonna see this. Do you know that? Know. Your friends are gonna see this. Yeah. Um, well. Minji also had a recent run-in with this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever saw the Naya campaign, but it was the Nude for All campaign. And it was just like the nude underwear that's like nude for all colors of the rainbow. Yes, I saw it. You look so beautiful. Thank you. I didn't feel that way, but it was was like a very, but like now I'm very proud of it. And I saw it actually, I saw an ad today on Actors Access when I was doing it. It's all over YouTube. I see on, I see your face on YouTube. I don't pay attention. I'm like, oh, I work with her. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But I did this lingerie thing where like their campaign was, you know, addressing that nude in major department stores are for white people. Mm -hmm. And so they made a line that was like seven, I think it's starting with seven shades. They're going to expand, but it was seven shades from really, really pale white to very, very dark um, African-American or black women and it was beautiful and then so the campaign was featuring real women not models and they got sponsored so they took over the entire Bedford station of in, New York um, City subway yeah. subway station that I didn't know until Wait, the end so of the so you're in lingerie and mm-hmm. a subway station apparently mm-hmm. yes Hot. I've been tagged many Hot. times it's so okay I had like a mental breakdown um, when it first came out so this is the whole thing like we've talked about this on our podcast but that's why I really admire what you did because I feel like that po- that truly that body positive message is super necessary and I have come very very far in terms of like self-consciousness and self-esteem and things like that and I feel so much better than I ever have in my life but I still have a ways to go and you just don't look at yourself as like I'm a lingerie model and they happen to take me into the project after I'd been in Texas for eight days eating everything I wanted at South by Southwest so like I was not ready to like get undressed and be like here I am Um, but it was funny because I shared it and I had my own issues with sharing it because I was like I was expressly forbidden to share it yeah i would like yell at him i was like don't days. you dare like i was really upset i i needed a couple days to like cry because I, <laughs> I, I it was no. i went into like my seventh grade head of like oh just criticizing every part of my body and comparing myself to all these other girls that i thought looked so gorgeous and flawless and i was like oh my god this is disgusting but anyway i got over it and i was like really proud but then i shared it and the response was like incredible and everyone was so loving and proud and then one of the girls like, I think she shared it or she, like, saw it and she tagged it. She showed her mom, who's my mom's, one of her best friends. And she took it upon herself to call my mother oh, to, like... And, again, she wasn't even that bad. Like, Korean women, like, she could be so much worse. But she just made it a point to call my mom and tell her, like, so my daughter, who's 17, by the way, she's like, my daughter showed me this thing and Minji's in her underwear. I, I told my mom, like, way before, so my mom knew. She wasn't thrilled, but she wasn't mad. She's like, all right, it's your life, you know, whatever. And my mom's a really conservative Christian. But I just got so, and then she she called me to tell me that her friend had told her. And she's like, look. 
it's just like my friend called me and she's like saying all this stuff. And I just got fucking pissed. And I was like, first of all, what is what does it matter what your friend thinks? Why would she take the time to call you? Was she trying to shame me that like I did something that was really positive and really wonderful mm-hmm. and representing something beautiful? I just went off. I like lost my shit. But then at the same time, I was trying to understand where their culture comes from. Like, I don't know. I swear, like they're still like hung up about showing their ankles sometimes. I don't know. Like, it's just a really conservative culture. I get it. And so I was trying to meet her halfway and stop being pissed. Wait, are ankles sexy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not body shaming. I'm just like, ankles can be very sexy. I, I mean, like work that to me. They're not like. The thing that I immediately look at, but I do look at them like after I get past the jawline. I feel like <laughs> mine are always swollen. <laughs> we work really, really hard. We work no hard. But you're like a pro athlete, my dear. So, well, yeah. I mean, I'm that's so why they're swollen because she's using her legs and her feet, <laughs> which I want to hear about in a second. But yeah, it was just like that's so great. I love that your mom and dad. I mean, it's not for it the was best so YouTube frustrating. video. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. It's like, man, come on. Like, get mad at me. Do something. It's like that thing My where dad you, you see a really funny joke or somewhere or like a really good video and you show someone they're like, eh, like, that happens all the time with him and me because we have such different <laughs> tastes. I'm like, Marvin. And he's like, uh huh. <laughs> oh my goodness my phone. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's that kind of thing where it's like when you're with your parents, like in public or on cam or, in this case, on camera, they change. Oh, yeah. They act a different way. You know, they're like, like, oh, please sit down. Do you want some water? Like, oh, Chris talks so much about you. And then, like, as soon as the door closes, and she's like, you need to tell me when your friends are coming over. <laughs> that is, we've How all been there. How we've all you. been there. <laughs> We're going to talk about your port card right now. <laughs> Oh my god! I I want to meet your mom now. (laughs) We need to hang out. I want to see how she. I met his parents one time. They came to work, and it's like imagine like half of Chris as a man and half of Chris as a woman because he's the perfect hybrid of both. That's super cute. You you have siblings? Yeah, I have a sister who's four years under me. Uh, Mm. What about you? You have your sister who's in your videos. Younger than me. Oh, so you guys are twins in that way. Oh, wow. Younger sister. I I forgot that she's four years under. Mm -hmm. So do you guys domineer? You guys are like the trailblazing older sibling stigma? I think we are the annoying type A older sibling. We are. Admit it. Admit it right now, Chris. I think I think so. Yes. But, but, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. You've got to own it. I, I feel like my mom, you know, like I think with most parents, you know, like you're such an exhausting first child <laughs> that, you know, like they just think that the, like, second, the second. I was a perfect angel first child. <laughs> anyway. They, they just think that the second child is going to like raise themselves or something. Maybe. Oh, yeah, definitely. It depends. Or, or not like, okay, sorry, not raise themselves. That's a little bit much, but, but like. That they can handle that. Right. Like, like they like, learn from oh, you. Oh, you want a cell phone in middle school? Sure. Have a cell phone. And, you know, with us, it's like no cell phones until college. Oh, yeah. Like anything. <laughs> well, also, they were the really car. expensive back then. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, my theory is we couldn't have been that bad because they had another one. Right? <laughs> A lot maybe of my, it was an accident. A lot of I my mean, friends that I know maybe that have like, really, really yeah, like, like difficult first children don't want another one. Or maybe they're right. like, this one's so bad. Let's try again. Maybe we'll get a better <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't know. I was lame, but I, like... And then, whoops. Fucked up. <laughs> it's just as bad. I it's hope worse. my mom doesn't get mad at me for this for the story, but like I think that's what happened with her parents. Because <laughs> her family is all sisters. 
And oh, they wanted a boy. Five sisters. Okay, I got I had, it. I have a friend who's the seventh I, I've heard. of eight sisters. It's like it's like Pride and Prejudice <laughs> with Asian people. Yeah. <laughs> that right? should be a right? thing. Make that a thing. Right? And so and and so it's like I know for a fact that there was just a point after the fifth child that they were like, "Fuck it, we're not gonna try to make more child, <laughs> <laughs> more children." We're yeah. done. We're done. Well, the funny thing is I'm middle child and that's not, I'm middle and only girl and I have two brothers, which is not that common, I guess, of a setup. But like my little brother, he knows this. He's 21 and he's like a total accident. He's 10 years younger than me. And I was like, <laughs> where'd this come from? Um, but I'm the weird one because I, I, I don't think it's middle child syndrome. It's because I'm the artistic one. Like they're super chill. They're the ones that are like, my brother's a lawyer and he's like very active, but he's like a normal person. And then my little <laughs> one's like so peaceful. He's like little Buddha and going to engineering and he's doing army ROTC, like super like straight, you know, straight lace. Yeah. I'm the one that's like loud and like, let's turn this into a creative thing. Yeah. I'm going to make all the family videos. And there's like, oh God. So I don't know if that's <laughs> the, I'm the girl or the middle child. It's just cause like my personality. Well, you're also the like, baby for the longest time. I was the baby for 10 years. True. Yeah, I feel like that's that's. But I've been older <laughs> sister longer than I've been. <laughs> it is now two to one ratio. I've been a big sister for twenty one years, and I was baby for ten. So it's kind of like I mean, balancing your out. brain kind of is done growing by the time you're ten, right? Is it? I don't. Is I don't it? Know. <laughs> this is like I don't know. I, I thought I it was like think about. I don't have the science. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, kinda... so I, I'm obviously not the, the the authority on this. I mean, I went to school for engineering, so I feel like I should know more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pro- was going for med stuff. I should know this because <laughs> I was actually studying. I gave up partway. I was like, no, I'm going to go be an actor. <laughs> it's fine. But do you guys have certain like that you can share? Sorry, like one last question. Do you guys have like stuff that you are excited on the horizon? I don't want you guys to do any spoilers if you don't want to. But I'm just curious because I look forward to seeing what you guys are going to come out with. I do. <laughs> she is a player. Um. So as a companion video to Laundry Throughout History, I also did a video about the women who are in the video who've never modeled laundry before. Ooh. So it's women model laundry for the first time in. I kind of just did that because I wanted to capture the behind the scenes of everything and it actually turned out to be like a really empowering video about representation in, in, in the lingerie ad world and um, owning one's own body image. Oh so I'm really, really excited for that. Awesome. And I'm super excited about some collabs I did on my channel. I did a video about how to survive being a hairy girl growing up. <laughs> so that was a deep dive into some very dark memories. But <laughs> <laughs> one of my best friends, which is when I went to India, was to be in her wedding. But one of my best friends Ooh. from middle school through high school, uh, well, till now, she's Indian. And I freaking, she is, we've joked about this so much because I was like, I want your eyebrows so much. That's been like my main jealousy. <laughs> It's like I just want your eyebrows. She's like, I want you to take them. They're so hard to like. It's so much to manage. It's honestly like like owning a lawn, but it's your body. <laughs> like, like okay, it's been ten days. Time to go to the salon. Like I, I honestly, I have a recurring appointment with my esthetician. Oh, I remember you saying this in a video about being a hairy girl. Remember, yeah. remember you, we, you, you were in a I mean, I talk day. about it all the time, so I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be, be a video about it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I can't wait. 
<laughs> I'm so excited for that behind the scenes video. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Awesome. That's me, though. With Sierra? Sierra's in it for a little bit, yeah. Yes. Um, most of the pieces that I'm, int- that I'm excited about doing is um, we're just to hop on, like, the train. Like, at work, we're, we're hoping on doing, like, some stuff on Pokemon. Mm. Um, but um, for my personal stuff, like, I'm, I'm just... I'm just interested in like adding my voice as like I don't want to bring the conversation back down, but like it's it's about you know like taking action, my relationship it with Black Lives bring Matter. It down. Right? No. It's not. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was apologizing for myself. Yeah, like, don't like do we were that. Yeah, I'm not sorry. Don't um, yeah. Uh, no, I think that that's really that's a very positive, affirmative thing to do. Like you have a platform and you have this skill set and a voice, and that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so so basically, like <laughs> I I just record like I you know I just I just say in my upcoming video that like I'm really sick and tired of this happening. I don't I don't need to take this anymore. None of us have to take this anymore. And um, and then I record myself like calling and leaving a message for my um, oh, representative. That's so wow. cool because seriously, like no, a pe- lot of people, including myself, don't know what that, what do you say? Like what, I, I would love <laughs> for someone to make a video and be like, this is what you say when you call yeah. your congressperson. I, I, I was actually recommended to, like I was actually inspired to do this from a video that Hank Green did for, for from the Vlogbrothers. Um, Hank Green was actually cool enough to like visit the office and we both talked to him, which was amazing. And he, he did this amazing video where, he, where he, he did the exact same thing in response to Orlando. He was just saying that, you know, like he's tired and he, and like it doesn't take a lot of time to send a letter. Like he, he made this great point where it's all about time capita, time capital, mm-hmm. um, time investment. And so like, he he recorded himself like writing out like a handwritten letter because like handwritten letters get you notice more emails like don't get as much attention because they're easier to send right. and and he and like i i based a lot of like my discussion like what i said in when i left my messages to my representatives off of like the the skeleton letter that he wrote nice um like it's all about being succinct getting to the point having a personal story talking about your connection with like your district or with your state maybe and then like clearly laying out like what you want them to work on in Congress. Yeah. That's awesome. See, again, like that, that, that one person thing that, that could educate so many people and give a, a jumping off point I mean, for just a lot. Giving people, telling people that the barriers to entry to like participate in our government and decisions isn't really that high. Right. And this is a whole other discussion that we will probably talk about as we get closer to election season, mm-hmm. but it just to come back. the power of your okay. vote and what that actually means. Doesn't mean you're like supporting status quo. It means you're like saying, Dude, do your job or fire you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like I think a lot of people. I definitely forgot how how much power like I had as an individual. You know, like mm-hmm. like it's it, it's all about like just re- remembering that like I'm the one like I'm one of the people that let this person into the White House, and he's making money. Yeah, off that, that vote. we're paying yeah. with yeah. our taxes. Like 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 <laughs> if if they don't if they don't fall in line with my values, then I don't need them there. Yeah. Like I will like I will tell them that like if, if you don't start doing these things, then I'm not going to vote for you. Yeah. You will no longer be in office. The other thing. That, OK, I know we're running a little bit long, but one of the things that I wanted to bring up, because like my nerdy public health background, um, one of the things that I re- refer to as like a reminder of hope is that. I just reflect on all the major changes we've had in a hundred years. Okay, that there are major things that people 
it was total paradigm shifts because it was just the way that we lived as a society that women used to be property. We couldn't vote. We couldn't be in the same rooms as other people. People of color were not in, use, allowed to use the same bathroom. Like there, We've had all of these significant shifts in the way society functions. And I feel like we're in the middle of this huge, huge shift. But like... Sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you cannot feel or determine how quickly or how effectively things are changing. But I really believe we're changing. So that was what I brought up as like, like my impassioned, like nerdy, data-driven example that there are micro movements that become macro, like huge things that require for like public safety. Because I think about the gun issue and, you know, like I just feel like we have to keep fighting that fight. But things like bike helmets didn't used to exist and seatbelt laws didn't used to exist. Texting mm-hmm. while you're driving didn't exist. Like we have to keep up with our own times and our own society and culture. And so that's what I'm hoping like all of this emotional reaction is all driving towards. Like mm-hmm. the discussion, the anger, the outrage, the pain all drives towards like the hope uh, for something better. Hope for something right? better. People stepping up, becoming police officers, getting into a public office, like stop looking at government as being the problem. Then you become the solution. Like then go freaking go fix it like go do it because that's something that our political system does allow yeah to happen yeah so I think that's honest and that's I'm very encouraged so I thank you guys both for like being part of that positive conversation because it's much needed and I'm really happy that we can help share that yeah and thank you for providing voices to the minorities and the people who may not have the chance to see themselves in media but you're given that opportunity so Congrats. In a very pretty yeah. and hilarious oh. way. <laughs> um, you guys have to you. come back, yeah. though, for sure. I want like, to. I do have stuff. a one last thing. Okay. After your one last thing, because <laughs> um, we, we kind of cut my podcast movement thing short. We might roll back, but I did eventually find the minorities <laughs> in, the, in the conference mm-hmm. and um, talked to them a little bit about just creating creating content as you know minorities in the media that's saturated with not our voices mm-hmm. and how important that is. And so I did want to bring attention to this collective out in Chicago called Pulse Loudness. They have a series of podcasts hosted by women, minorities, and queer hosts, and they have a lot of really great. They do pop culture stuff like like this as well. So, if you guys have time, um, go ahead and check them out. How do you spell it? Post loudness. Post loudness. Yeah. Very nice. Because um, this is kind of a. I think this is not a secret project, but there is a collective also forming in LA of Asian American podcasters that yes. might be launching soon too. That we may or may not be Super a part of. So. About it. We're all doing our parts and getting our voices out there. And, you know, it's really great to see people respond, people we're doing it for, and also people that we may not be doing it for, but who are educated and who are um, engaged as a result. So, And they end yeah. up seeing themselves, too, which is cool. Yeah. Where they didn't think they could. All right. Thank you so much, Michelle and Chris, for joining us this week. Um, if people want to find more of your stuff. Um, Social media, yeah, we'll, whatever we'll, you want. We'll plug both our YouTube channels, and I'll plug my BuzzFeed page. Do you have things? <laughs> so um, you can find me on One Wing Chris on everything, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's my YouTube. It's my Twitter. It's my Instagram. Is that um, your Pokemon handle? <laughs> yes, it is, actually. It is, actually. You got it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not one of the one billion that was already taken? No. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, 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 got, I struck it. I struck gold. Um, <laughs> and um, if you want to check out all of the videos that I made on BuzzFeed, um, you can check out Look me up on BuzzFeed.com slash Chris Slam. No space. Awesome. All my stuff is at Michelle Carey, which is K-H-A-R-E. 
Um, that's my YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. And then all my BuzzFeed stuff is buzzfeed.com slash Michelle Caray. Awesome. Um, thank you, listeners, for listening to us on the radio. Or no, on the internet. What's on, radio? On the internet <laughs> radio. If you haven't done so yet, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and anywhere else you find podcasts um, through our RSS feed. You can find past episodes of the Collabcast at collaboration.org. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating or review. Really appreciate it, and uh, it'll help us reach more people. A good review. Yes. Yeah, a good review. Preferably. If, if it's a bad review, shh. <laughs> Keep your thoughts to yourself. Any engagement <laughs> will work, but good reviews are preferred, and I may or may not read them. And appreciated. Um, if you have any suggestions for a topic to discuss, um, feedback, or just want to shoot us a message, um, you can find us at podcast at collaboration.org. Uh, thanks again to Inch Chua for Yusufur's song, Mouse Deer, uh, for this month's intro and outro. Um, and that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Episode 76. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. That's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. My naked soul, you babe.